operation of the machine becomes so odious, makes you so sick at heart that you can't take part. You can't even passively take part. And you've got to put your bodies upon the gears and upon the wheels, upon the levers, upon all the apparatus, and you've got to make it stop. All right, welcome back to the Comic Revolution Podcast. As always, I'm Rock, by my side, the Tony Curtis to my Janet Lee, <laughs> Steven, how you doing my friend? I am doing wonderful. Nice. Excited for this long weekend. You know, Steven, three-day weekends are the best, aren't they? They are, until you have to get back to work. Yeah, and that's always yeah. a sad thing. It's sad. We were just commiserating about my week, Stephen. Mm-hmm. It was not, it was, it was a long week. I, needless to say, I, I'm. I'm glad it's behind me. Yeah, it's one yeah. of those weeks, you know. <laughs> uh, it's 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 unfortunate when you when you are the attorney in the family, Stephen. Everyone comes for you for that free yeah. legal advice about every legal question there is. <laughs> and I'm always like, you know, do, if I was a cardiologist, would you come to me with like brain issues or <laughs> spine issues or foot issues? You know, just because you're an attorney does not mean I am now qualified to answer every single legal question there is well they hear they hear a lawyer they don't hear a certain lawyer it's right. like if you say oh i'm a doctor they're like oh so you can answer any question right and yes it's like no just the doctorate of of english yeah yes <laughs> yeah it's great it's great so it's always I, it's it's an endless stream of 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 weird questions believe me and often I'm like, please stop talking. <laughs> please, please stop talking. Yeah. Going into to TMI territory. All right. <laughs> All right, Stephen. This week, we got some news to tackle. A lot of news. And actually, Stephen, unlike most weeks where a lot of our news, as it is these days because comics are dying, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> most of the news centers around streaming uh, shows, movies, and things of that nature because that's, I think, where the world of comic books and air quotes is moving to yeah. rather than the actual comics themselves. They're becoming kind of, they're kind of becoming an, almost an afterthought oh, to, of course. To, in, in the industry, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. At least to the large uh, conglomerations in Warner brothers and uh, Disney who own Marvel and DC. Yes. I think the comics are an afterthought, but this week, Steven, we do have some big comic book news, actual comic book news, which All is cool. Right. Before doing that, Steven, I want to touch on birds of prey. You okay. and I talked about it last a week mm-hmm. in our podcast. Neither of us had seen it at the time. Right. Uh, right now, it's it's to it's Rotten Tomatoes ranking has uh, dipped down to seventy nine percent. And I've I've yet to see CBR breathlessly post that <laughs> um, article. Wow. And interestingly enough, the audience score is almost identical. You don't see that too often, where the no, audience and the critics don't. line up. Mm-hmm. The audience has it at eighty percent. So I mean, it's one one percent difference. It's, it's <laughs> essentially the same thing. Right. I haven't seen it just because I don't really care about these characters enough to go pay the ridiculous price. I mean, it just movies are expensive, Stephen. I'd rather catch it when it, when I can watch it, you know, on a streaming service in my house. Right. To be honest with you, to get me to go to the movie theater and plunk down fifteen bones per ticket, mm-hmm. it's got to be something I'm really excited about seeing. Right. You know. Anyhow, you saw it though. I did. So what I'm interested in is I'm interested in your opinion, Stephen, because mm-hmm. uh, you are a sane person. <laughs> and I, I, that's that's very important because I feel like ninety eight percent of what I read on the internet, Stephen, is written by insane people. I feel that. So and from everything I read on on Birds of Prey, I feel like I can't trust. I'm, I I see some reviews that are like 
you know, oh my God, this is the most awesome progressive, uh, you know, uh, SJW screed <laughs> against toxic masculinity, and I love it so much. And hashtag girl power. And then you read other reviews that are like, oh, this is, you know, SJW garbage, PC run amok, it's trash, blah blah blah. You get it from both ends of the spectrum. You right. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And often when you see the movie. I'm like, what were these people talking about? Were they reading into things that weren't in the movie? You know what I'm saying? You see that sometimes where people read a lot into movies. That's not there. Oh, of course. Yeah. They project. So I can't trust any of the reviews on this movie, which (laughs) is getting becoming increasingly distressing, Stephen. Where I feel like I can't trust anything on the internet these days. It's like you can't read anything on the internet and believe anything. Yeah. It's really difficult. It's like we're all the same people. All the rational, sane people. They're not on the internet, <laughs> evidently. Anyhow, you saw, Stephen. You yes. are sane. What, what is it? What's the deal? Uh, what'd you think of it, and why is it bombing? The reason why I'm saying bombing, I think it's, I think it's, it's, it's the official first bomb of the season. It's, it's, it's only brought in $160 million worldwide. That's, that's massively disappointing. Yes. And uh, Sonic uh, just blitzed past it. This mm-hmm. weekend, Sonic's just killing it, Stephen. Yeah, and that was a surprise. So we've, oh. had, we've had a bomb and two surprise hits already. Yeah, I mean, holy cow, Sonic is just all over it. Yeah, Birds of Prey, according to Box Office Mojo, mm-hmm. it's about 160 worldwide. Yes. Th- that, that is very, very disappointing. In this day and age where superhero movies routinely po- destroy the box office, mm-hmm. Warner Brothers was hoping for was hoping for way more than that. Way more. Uh, Sonic, though, Stephen, I mean, just came out. It's it's looks like it looks like it might rack in sixty eight mil. Yep, on its four opening day week- weekend. Well, yeah, four day weekend. Four day yeah. weekend. That is wow. Mm-hmm. That's pretty awesome. Yep. Anyhow, going back to Birds <laughs> of Prey. Yes. Uh, what would you think? And why has it been a box office failure? Um, if, I mean, I liked it. I, I like you. I don't really understand where a lot of these people are coming from with their uh, their their hot takes on it. <laughs> um, I mean, there are some moments of you know, like oh, girl power, but it's like, well, it's a girl power movie. Well, it's I mean, not, it's there's nothing is going to be as forced as right. the scene in Endgame. Oh, that ever. is the that that is the most forced scene. I yeah, would agree like, with you on okay, that. Like, <laughs> I would agree. It's with where you. it's like, okay, I get what you're doing. That's just... that, that was a bit of a boop on the nose. <laughs> Are you sure? It's more like a like smack. A full a full face plant on yeah. a full Heisman in your face. <laughs> yeah. It's like, hey, here you go. We we did it, feminism. We didn't set it up anywhere in the movie, but here it is. Bam. Bam. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but um I mean it's I think it's a uh it's a it's a decent action movie. Um, it's it's funny in some parts. Sometimes it's not so funny. Mm-hmm. I think that um, I think that all the actors are really good. I think mm-hmm. Margot Robbie did a good job. Mm-hmm. I think uh, Ewan McGregor was great. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the I am trying to think. It's I mean it's a very it's kind of an odd movie, right? Um, kind of. The, you know, out there, you can tell it's a it's an indie ish director. Mm-hmm. They let them kind of lean into some of the stuff they wanted to do. Okay, and um, and as far as the action scenes go, like when they're like when they have them, like they're I think they're done 
they're done pretty well. Like the especially the big final, like oh they're all together and fighting. I thought that was that was pretty fun. It's like okay, cool. It's getting to see some like you know, um, yeah, just you know people beating each other up, and I I love that. <laughs> um, and I think that the when they were doing the reshoots, they got the guy who directed the John Wick movies to come and do uh, the action scenes. Ah, uh, smart. Yeah, and you can definitely tell. You can tell. Yeah. Okay, cool. Which is probably what makes them as good as they are. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, it's it's a relatively simple movie. They tell it in a kind of a weird way where they'll like tell a scene from Harley's perspective, and then they'll go back and they'll show how there was another character mm-hmm. there, mm-hmm. and it's I I personally would have rather it just been like. It's one or the other. It's a team movie or it's her movie. Oh, you know? right, right, So right. I think it has that problem. Nothing in it really bothered me, per se. I didn't read any kind of, like, this is the message of the movie <laughs> right, in your face. Right, right, Um, I like that they they played into her, how she used to be a psychiatrist yep. mm-hmm. a lot, Yep, which was interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that they also don't really make her a hero still. She's mm-hmm. still kind of a, you know, a, a shady questionable person. <laughs> right, right. And I mean it, it's it's it is it's it's a it's a fun movie. Mm-hmm. It's not one I would tell anybody to run out to see, but mm-hmm. it's like, well, you know, if you have to get out and have to see something, then right. this is good enough. Um it's it's one of those movies where this where it is not the whole of the sum of its parts. Like, the parts are good. It just doesn't right. come together well enough. Okay. Um, as far as the answer to the question of why this is not, this is underperforming. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's, uh, conservatively, it's underperforming. At yeah. What might be more likely is that it is bombing. Right. It's, it depends on what, what figure you get. Right. Um, but as far, I think still, because I said last week, I think the two big things is are that it was an R rating, which mm. is it did not need. Mm-hmm. And having seen it, so it's not like Deadpool is what you're telling me. No, oh, I mean okay. they okay. they it's mostly R rated for the language, and okay. there are some parts in the fight scenes, and because they were reshot, it's like it felt like they added it to mm. make it. You know, I like, gotcha. okay, we got this. Where like she like she she likes breaking people's legs, mm. <laughs> so oh, you kind of see them go out. Gotcha. It's like oh okay, <laughs> and um. Uh, and knowing her audience, which is mostly teenage girls, yeah, right, whatnot. It's sure that's probably another ten million dollars they left on the table, <laughs> right, or right. more, because it's just yeah, it was not a good idea, right. And I think the marketing was just was just terrible. Yeah. I thought the trailers were bad. I yeah. didn't see a lot of marketing anywhere for yeah. it. Mm-hmm. It uh, it's just uh, I I don't know. It was. <laughs> Poorly, but I will say for the last reason that I've seen, having seen the movie, yeah. it was just not designed to be that kind of movie. They mm. made a movie that was offbeat and mm. weird, and mm-hmm. um, and yet the Joker it, was offbeat, weird, and rated R, and it, it was yeah it. a um, billion. That one was more. That was a drama that really oh, like talked about like okay. issues, right, and this right. one tried this to still a, tried feel, to be kind of a comedy action movie. Did this one still feel like a, tr- a typical superhero movie? Did, um, meaning Birds of Prey. Did it still was it still shot and written and delivered in in the vein of a typical superhero movie? It was like it was trying to be Tarantino writing one. Okay, all right, I got yeah. you. 
It ended up more like Guy Ritchie. Okay. Than, but which, it skewed closer to a traditional superhero movie than Joker did, is what you're telling me. Oh, yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Gotcha. All right. Yeah. It's, it, uh, I saw where it was aiming, and it just it didn't, it didn't hit that. Okay. All right. And, fair enough. And where it was aiming is like, okay, so y'all really were not trying to make a wide appeal movie. Mm, okay. Like, well, maybe you should have brought down the budget a little more then. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What's it now... <sighs> I guess my follow-up question would be, mm-hmm. do you think it's, you know, when I first saw the disappointing box office results, I thought, poor poor Warner Brothers. I swear, these DC movies, Steven, it's like they take one step forward mm-hmm. and then two steps back. Yeah. Then one step forward, then two steps back. Yeah. Whereas uh, Marvel Studios just is just like Jim Brown <laughs> in his heyday and just <laughs> mowing everyone down on his way to the end zone, yeah. you know, for a dated sports reference. <laughs> Everyone's like Jim Brown. I, I would think most people know Jim Brown, uh, but anyhow, you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. It's just, I, it just that's my first thought. I was like, wow, is this just a continuation of Warner Brothers' problem of just not being able to to create DC movies with the same consistency that Marvel Studios can, or or is this a sign of larger problems ahead where we're now have finished up a decade of superhero movies and maybe the appetite for superhero movies is waning. We don't really won't really know that until we get the Marvel Studio movies this year sure. obviously, but I'm just I'm just throwing that out there. Mm-hmm. Um I think that well this speaks to their their strategy because they have stopped trying to chase the shared one story, one giant cinematic universe. Right. Um, they reference the Suicide Squad and Batman a lot. Okay. And the Joker, of course. Okay. So it is in that universe, but it's not telling the but same story. But it's the Jared story. Leto Joker, not the Joaquin Phoenix Joker. Uh, yes. Okay, got it. And um, like they have a picture of uh, Captain Boomerang on a, as a wanted poster, and she stops and turns and says, I know that guy, and then uh, just walks okay. out. And um, and so they have like they have little references like that. Yeah. So it's in the same universe, Understood. but it's not telling the same story. Right. And they have decided to let the um, to let the the talent they hired right. make these movies. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it pays off, and <laughs> right. sometimes it doesn't. Yeah. And that is it's that, more high risk. Yes, absolutely. And now for me, as someone who is tired of the. Marvel yep. make everything fit into this yes. one prepackaged bland. It's a it's a very everybody predictable likes formula. It. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's like everybody likes vanilla pudding, right? Right. Let's make everything vanilla pudding. R- yes. Right. Correct. Um, but if I, if I was running the business, I would probably um, take a few more steps trend, to mitigate trend, the trend more to vanilla pudding. <laughs> I would trend more now. Maybe now there are some reports like when uh, like when Blade Runner twenty forty nine came out. That was a huge risk. It was right. super expensive mm-hmm. property. Nobody was talking about. Yeah, and and then it it bombed. Yes, of course the first Blade Runner bombed. Yeah, but you it, know it, no no one remembers that fact. No, and um, I mean I'm sure over time it's probably made the money back. Oh, I guess it has. <laughs> but the. Warner Brothers had there were other companies that financed it, so they didn't eat the the loss as much right. because it was spread. It was spread, out. spread share, spread risk. I think that I, th- if I recall correctly, I think that's the case with this one mm-hmm. as well. So, I, man, I, it's a shame, but it's it's just 
as the risk with taking that kind of approach. Yeah. No, you know? no, I think that's a fair point. Yeah, fair and, point. Um, I still think if it had been Gotham City Sirens and you yes. had Catwoman and Poison Ivy, maybe you yeah. could have overcome that. Right. But I don't know. And also, um, another factor is that this year with um, with what's going on in China, that you can't rely on that box office. No, no. But but luckily, yeah. luckily, we we've seen uh, Star Wars has shown you can still go over a billion oh, yeah. without China because Star Wars. Bombs in China. Yes, <laughs> every time. Every time. Every time they bomb in China. Yeah, I saw it's <laughs> something that cracked me up was that um, Ryan Johnson's Knives Out made more in China than Star yes. Wars. Yes, yes. <laughs> so yeah. funny. They do not like. They just do not like Star Wars yeah. in China. Period. And it is. It is possible, but it's going to be a lot more difficult. For you, sure. you have to really. You have to. You have to make a damn good movie that's very popular everywhere else. Yeah, you can look, it, China is an easy crutch for a bad movie. Oh yeah, Michael Bay Transformers. Yeah, um, <laughs> uh, Terminator. Sometimes it's right. It's hard. Right. It's hard to tell which one they'll they'll save and which one they won't. Right, right, right. But I mean, now they don't have it because I mean, it's not Disney there. put Mulan pretty much to appeal to China. Oh yeah, and Mulan. now they can't go to the movies, right? So. And, and, and I'm sorry. I hate. I, I, and again, <laughs> I'll, I'll make a bold prediction. I could be completely wrong, and I'll admit if I'm wrong. Sure. I, I think Mulan was not at all done for American audiences. The reason why I think that, first of all, we know they're directing it to the Chinese audience. They've yes. said that. But the mm-hmm. reason why I know it's not going to appeal to American audiences, one, they took away. There are no. There's no singing. There are no songs. Nope. Well, it, it, Americans. I, I, Disney yeah, movies are musicals. I don't know what to tell you. I mean, it's just that's just how we're that's just ingrained in it. That's mm-hmm. how we expect when we go to a Disney movie, right? Yep. There's going to be songs, uh, no songs, and no Mushu. No Mushu yep. And Mushu, played by Eddie Murphy, was a huge part of the uh, Mulan's success. The original animated Mulan. That's a huge part of his success. Was Eddie Murphy? He was a yep. big name back then, and extremely popular. Mushu is a very popular character. Mm-hmm. You take away Mushu, you take away uh, songs. I, 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 you got a tough sell in America. Again, it might do well in America. I'm not saying. Oh, I'm, sure. You, who knows? I mean, I mm-hmm. <laughs> enough movies have done well, Stephen, for me <laughs> to realize you can't guess anymore. You know what I mean? But yeah. I, I think you got a tough road ahead of you with an American audience with no songs and no Mushu. Yeah, it's it's one of those like look, I like I love like the martial arts movies. Like they're clearly trying to, yes. to make up for like Hero and yep. Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, yes. and all that stuff. But have those ever really done well in America? No, Mm-mm. no, it's nope. it's it's sad, but that's yeah. just how that's how it is. Yeah, I agree. All right, Stephen, uh, <laughs> thank you for your input on uh, Birds of Prey. I appreciate it. I was I was I was, I was really excited that you saw it because like finally I get a. Non-bias. I mean, I, I, know, I can't say not every, every human being has a bias, but you know, what I mean, a non-insane yeah. <laughs> take on it. <laughs> um, all right. Other news from movies, Stephen. Did yes. you see where Sylvester Stallone has a new movie coming out, teaming up with Michael Bay? Come on, did you see this? Called Little America. Yeah, I saw it. Yes, it's dystopian future. He's a retired Army Rangers. Searching through a dystopian landscape to find the daughter of a wealthy man. It's going to start shooting this summer. And the website, now this is the website. I, you, I need independent sources to corroborate this. Sure. But if this is true, Stephen, <laughs> if what the website says that's promoting the movie, if, if this is true, it compares Little America. This is the movie's own website. is comparing Little America to 1981's Escape from New York, directed by John Carpenter and starring Kurt Russell and mm-hmm. one of my 
all-time favorite movies. I yep. love that movie. <laughs> um, they say it's like that. If it really is, sign me up. Oh, yeah. Sign me up. <laughs> Sylvester Stallone in an Escape from New York kind of movie? Yeah. Yeah, we need more of that. That, that sounds like a movie being made just for me. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. I... I re- I really wish he would just give it up. And just do I mean he's a good actor. Let him do some of those movies. You're old now. You're Come old on. now. He's still in good shape though. Gotta I give him credit. Know. Gotta give him credit, Steven. I know. Looking good for his age. Yeah, but Michael <laughs> Bay. Come on. Well, yeah, I agree. Yes. At least he won't be directing it. <laughs> oh, he's not. Oh, he must be producing yeah, it. Yeah, he's then. producing it. Who's directing it? Did they say? Mm, it is Rowan Athale. Hmm. He is. Uh, he wrote it and is going to direct it. He is best known for writing and directing a 2012's movie Wasteland. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. And okay. he's mm-hmm. also directed the recent released movie Strange but True. Oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. So that's your guy. Yeah, I, I, I'm familiar with that film. Okay. Mm. Did you like it or not like it? It was interesting. Okay, yeah. there you go. Interesting. Huh? It was based on a book, so okay. I can't speak to script writing on that. But yeah. okay, all right. Okay, interesting. There you go. Very interesting. I hope I hope Sly can get gets the win here. There you go. Uh, from Sony mm-hmm. Pictures, Stephen, we're getting an untitled Marvel film from Sony in 2021. Rumor has it it is going to be none other than Jessica Drew, Spider Woman. Hmm. How about that? Well, I I would like to see what approach they're going to take with it because he's one of those characters. You just hey, let's plug her in here and see if that works. Right, um, right. What's interesting? Yeah. I mean, you got Venom already. You got Spider Man already. Mm-hmm. You got uh, Morbius, Morbius out there, coming up, right? Yeah. Spider Man makes sense, doesn't it? Yep. The evidently, <laughs> what's interesting, Stephen? Evidently, the contract between Sony and Marvel is that. These contracts are so weird that Marvel, Joe, Joey Q, entered into back in the nineties. Mm-hmm. So Sony <laughs> can depict Jessica Drew as Spider Woman, right? Whereas Marvel can also use Jessica Drew without referring to her Spider Man traits. Okay, <laughs> these contracts. Are well, just, I guess it's they're great just so that, weird that she doesn't have many Spider Man traits. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> uh, rumors have it, Stephen, that the director, mm-hmm. evidently Sony is eyeing Michelle McLaren, hmm. who has directed some episodes of Breaking Bad, Game of Thrones, and Walking Dead hmm. to direct the Spider-Woman movie. Sure. And they are interested in Tomb Raider's Alicia Vikander to hmm. play Jessica Drew. Uh, I mean, for me, Jessica, did I say Jessica Drew? Yeah. Yeah, Jessica Drew. Yeah. For me, (laughs) Jessica, you know, black hair, blue eyes, Mm -hmm. black hair, blue eyes. That's just kind of like, uh, that's her look. And uh, if I recall, Alicia Vikander, I think, is more of a brown hair, a brown eyed, brown haired, light brown, something like that. Mm -hmm. Actress. I mean, yeah. I guess you could, you know, contacts and dye her hair, I guess. <laughs> but, I mean, you know, I want Jessica Drew to look like Jessica Drew. That's yeah. just me, though. Anyhow, what do you think of that casting? 
She certainly has the physicality part of it, no doubt. Yeah, and um, I mean, she's a fine actor. I'm sure she could she could make it work. Mm-hmm. I um, I don't know. I was like, I was just thinking, like, you know, why not? Does Jennifer Connelly have blue eyes? She does. They're blue or green. Blue. Well, one of the two. One I, of the I'll, two. I'll, I'll take either I'll blue take or green. It, yeah. I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> And yep. It's like why not? Why not let her do it? Right, I I'd like be okay Jen- with that. I love casting. Jennifer Connelly. Come on, I'm I'm fine with that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see how that progresses. Yeah, we'll see. Um, go over to Disney, Stephen. Before yeah. we hit the movies, let me return to Avengers Land and Disneyland, Stephen. This is really important. You know why? They have put out audition mm-hmm. notes, right? Aud- ca- casting call for actors to play different characters. Now, this is an insight as to what character we're going to get, not just mm-hmm. what character, but which version of that character, right? Like, are we going to get the real Captain America or are we going to get silly Falcon Captain America? <laughs> well, Disney says that they're seeking a woman right. between the heights of the height of five foot four and five foot eight. Mm-hmm. Athletic slender build with an extensive background in stunts and theatrical combat to play oh. Black Widow. Okay. Ah, how about that? Yeah. Ideal candidates, Stephen, would be highly proficient in hand-to-hand combat and be able to demonstrate a series of physical skills based on the role, hmm. including acrobatic skills, tumbling, stunt baton wielding, and rappelling. Stephen, they're going to... Th- these are not just, like, characters that you go up and take a picture with. Evidently, these characters are going to be doing some pretty uh, over-the-top shows, it sounds like, doesn't it? Yes. Which sounds kind of cool, doesn't it? Oh, Yeah. Black Panther. They're mm-hmm. casting for a Black Panther. They want a male who is athletic and slender, built between five foot ten and six foot two. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that Black Panther trended that short, but evidently does. Well, you know, <laughs> Captain America, Stephen. We are getting, in fact, the real Captain America, Steve Rogers. They say so. It's Steve Rogers. Ah, well, of course. And they're mm-hmm. looking for a man who is between five foot eleven and six foot three. Mm-hmm. So Cap is the tallest one of the bunch. <laughs> Which is to be expected, right? All these, by the way, Stephen, you have to be skilled in hand-to-hand combat, acrobatic skills, tumbling, staff handling, rappelling, all that kind of stuff. Right. That's pretty cool. And then last but not least, Stephen, for the heroes, Spider-Man. Are you ready? They're looking for an athletic slender build man, five foot six to five foot ten. Keeping Hmm. Spider-Man small. Now, I always knew Spider-Man was... The everyman, and I knew he wasn't a big bodybuilder. Like yeah. Spider-Man's always kind of been the sleek, muscular, wiry hero. But five foot six to five foot ten. Did right. you always imagine Spider-Man to be at least five ten? Yeah, about my height. Right. So, yeah. But five foot six? Like that's Wolverine territory, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Well, let me see. How tall is? I'm just gonna look. How, how tall is Tom Holland? Yeah, it's a good question. I think he's about. Isn't he around five ten or I think he's so? Around my height. I thought he was. And the last <laughs> casting uh, call, Stephen, is for a villain. An unknown uh, villain. Oh, well, Tom Holland's 5'8". 5'8". It's, five, eight. it's close Okay, enough. still not 5'6". It's though. in the middle. That just seems yeah. really short, doesn't it? <laughs> uh, the villain, Stephen, we don't know who it's going to be. Maybe Doctor Doom. Maybe who knows? Now that they own, they own Fox, you know, they could sure. put anyone in there. We don't know who it is, but we know that villain is going to be the tallest of all of them. He's gonna, they're casting a, an athletic man with a broad build. All the rest have been athletic. Black Panthers, mm-hmm. Captain America, Spider-Man, they've been athletic and slender build. Right. This one is athletic, broad build, 5'11 to 6'3". Huh. So they're well, going to bring some not... beef with the villain. So it's not Loki. 
Not going to be Loki. We're looking at someone a little more substantial than that. Hmm. There you go. So that's your that's your update from the, the from the world of parks, Stephen. Uh, to the world of the movies, though. Okay. Honey, I Shrunk the Kid. It's getting rebooted. Mm-hmm. Rick Moranis is returning. Yep, that's right. But Stephen. But. Guess who is playing? Guess who is playing his son? It's a Disney movie. Somebody who likes money. <laughs> this actor, Stephen. Yes. I'm convinced is now just become the go-to actor for Disney. Like this guy is in every. If, if, if Disney announces a hmm. movie, this guy's going to be in it. Josh Gad. Yes. He is just wow. Is he? He is Disney's go-to guy, isn't he? I guess so. I guess he, I guess Jonah Hill's quota is too I, too high. I, I guess so. <laughs> but you know what? Think about Josh Gad though. Mm-hmm. That's pretty good casting. Well, Think yeah. about Rick Moranis Rick when Moranis, he was yeah. when, Mick, when Rick Moranis was younger. Think yep. about him when he was in his thirties. Mm-hmm. Josh Gad. That's pretty damn good. Mannerisms, look. Yeah. Per, that's that's. <laughs> I like that. I like it. I, I always loved Honey. I Shrunk the Kids. Came out in 1989. Mm-hmm. I was a kid. I loved it. I thought it was yeah. just. So, soft spot in my heart for this franchise, and I adore Rick Moranis. I've always loved him. I mean, he's been in movies that were very important to me as a, as a child, mm-hmm. uh, Ghostbusters and Honey, mm-hmm. I Shrunk the Kids, both. So, I'm excited for it. <laughs> I'm all in. Yeah. We'll see. Uh, it, and it's also confirmed, Stephen, it's not going to be Disney+. Plus. It's actually going to be a theatrical release. Yeah. That's an interesting choice. I know. I didn't see that coming, but that's how they're rolling. Okay. We'll see how that goes, huh? I guess so. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. It's it's a popular franchise. Is it though? I don't know. Has anybody been talking about? Yeah, Leonardo? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I, have... I mean, I I I enjoy the movie. It's just like it's one of those ones where I didn't need to see another one. Right? Yeah. Disney Hollywood Studios, Stephen. Before they brought in Star Wars Land, mm-hmm. the Galaxy's Edge they built, uh, the part they knocked down, part of what they knocked down included this huge, elaborate Honey I Shrunk the Kid playground. Hmm. Where you were like, you felt like you were teeny tiny with all this giant everything. It was the coolest thing ever. At oh. least when I was a kid, it was super cool. <laughs> I guess as an adult, maybe not, but whatever. <laughs> Anyhow. And they knocked it down. So yeah, that's how did. much they respect it. Yeah, for damn Star Wars. Um, <laughs> so now for Disney Plus, Steven. Speaking of Rick Moranis, the, Rocket, <laughs> the Rocketeer. Yes. They're rebooting it and bringing it back for Disney Plus. Now, it's Disney. Yes. So it's not going to be a white guy. <laughs> I thought they were doing it. I thought they already rebooted it, and it was with a um, with a, a girl. It's now going to be an African American female, right? Because Disney, yes. mm-hmm. yeah, I knew that was coming. Yeah. So that's coming out. Uh, I don't know how well it's going to do. Rocketeer is pretty much a cult classic in the first place, yeah. and I think anyone who's really into the Rocketeer kind of likes the version of the Rocketeer that. We've always gotten in the past, so I don't know how if you pre if you repackage it as a teen and it's gonna she's gonna be a teenager, right? More than likely, mm-hmm. so you repackage it as a teen girl thing. I don't know when it when is this know. supposed to be taking place? Is it supposed to be taking place in the forties or it? Because that that also presents a logistical challenge. Correct, because it's always been a nineteen thirties forties kind of deal. They yeah. don't tell. Uh, Cold War takes place during the Cold War, huh? Interesting. Yeah. Well, that's an interesting time period choice. Mm-hmm. But, I don't know, Stephen. Um, I remain skeptical about how well that will succeed. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I always have those, um, those, those old comics they had that were really good. Yes, sir. Where they basically said that his, 
this is for me because I love these characters. It made me geek out because they had a story where he was in New York and he was hired by someone who was pretty much the shadow, but they couldn't say the name, right. of course. And his backpack was invented by basically Doc Savage. Yes. It's so cool. Yes. <laughs> Hell yeah. That's good reading right there. Uh, Disney Plus also announced that the Hawkeye series mm. is going to have a fall production date. So they oh. they need to they need to they need to get these things moving, Stephen. They need new content. It's taken a while. Yeah. Of course, uh, this this show is going to be not just Hawkeye. It's going to be Hawkeye Kate Bishop. And Kate Bishop, and yeah. she becomes Hawkeye. Of course, yes, because again, it's Disney, and mm. you know, if you don't have a female lead, it cannot be a Disney show. Yeah, well, <laughs> I love how predictable <laughs> Disney is. It's just hilarious. Yeah, and you know that's. <laughs> It, it lets them it lets them eliminate another one of the old Avengers. Like, All right, check that one off. I don't have to bring them back anymore. So funny. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Disney is also announcing Stephen. Oh, you'll love this. Oh boy, a live action sequel to Aladdin. Yes, because Aladdin, the live action Aladdin. See, I'll, I'll admit openly when I get one wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't expect that one to do well. The live-action version of Aladdin, I didn't expect, and it went on to break a billion dollars. Yes. It just kicked all sorts of ass. Mm-hmm. It just shocked me to no end. Well, you top over a billion dollars, you get a sequel. That's just yeah. how it is, right, Stephen? Yep. In Hollywood, you mm-hmm. go over a bill, you get a sequel. Yep. End of story. Doesn't matter what, <laughs> what's going on. So we're essentially, I guess, Stephen, going to be getting a live-action ver- version of what? Return, <laughs> Return, Return of Jafar? Jafar. They said and, it's supposed to be an original story, quote unquote. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, there were two animated sequels. There was Return of Jafar, and then there was the third one, King of Thieves. King of Thieves. And they had the TV show. Yeah, it's correct, the TV show as well. Mm-hmm. This live-action sequel is supposed to be original. I don't know. We'll see what, what maybe they're going to take bits and pieces from the various animated sequels. I don't know. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Anyhow, I'm not really surprised. Once, once I saw Go Over a Billion, I kind of figured, yeah, that's getting a sequel. Yeah, that's true. I wonder... If because I, mean, I remember the first Alice in Wonderland made over a billion dollars, and the second one bombed. It did. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so I mean, you know, I mean, you people, run a risk. yeah, people like the familiar, and yeah. if you put something in front of them they don't recognize, they, then may they not might want not see it. That's a, that, very true. Yeah. Very true. Also announced, Stephen. Mm-hmm. That's not the only live action movie we're getting, Stephen. Right. We're also getting a live action remake of Rapunzel. Wait, <laughs> didn't they just do Tangled a couple years ago? Is it is it Tangled live yeah. action? Yeah, it's live action Tangled because Tangled is Rapunzel. Yeah, yep. But it says that we're that why we're we are un, unsure at this point if if the live action version of Rapunzel is is going to follow the same storyline as Tangled right. or if this will be its own the thing. We don't know yet. We don't know yet. Evidently, I, I hope they don't do Tangled again. That was that was a good. That was really good. They don't need to do that one again. Evidently, they've hired <laughs> Ashley Powell to write mm-hmm. the script, and you may know her from the Nutcracker and the Four Four Realms that completely bombed. Yeah, the bomb. Yeah, great. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah, and she's not like a like it's she's not like the the one the woman who wrote Birds of Prey who also wrote Bumblebee movies that underperformed, uh-huh. but they were well. Bumblebee was really good. Birds of Prey was 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 fine, but yeah. you know it's not. It's like so. 
this person's bombs are not because they were bad movies per se. It's for right. other things. This person, yeah, that's Nutcracker. Really? And again, this really? is also being looked at as a theatrical release, not um, Disney Plus. Not Disney Plus. Okay. I don't know, Stephen. We'll see. <laughs> if it's not Tangled, it's going to be a lot harder to, to I, sell. I agree. But... Tangled's a very popular movie. Mm-hmm. And I like Tangled. That was a good movie. I like Tangled, too. Yeah, it was, it was a was really a lot of good fun. one. Yeah. It was. Uh, so uh, we'll see. We'll yeah. see. Uh, Stephen oh, from Marvel Studios, mm-hmm. Kevin Feige. Uh, the man, fastest man to break his arm patting himself on the back, <laughs> has said that Marvel's Eternals will feature the first openly gay couple with a family in the MCU. Wow, we're just skipping all these, these, um, all these, uh, these groundbreaking things. Yes, yes. It's, uh, Feige has a checklist. He's got to get through them as fast as possible. Oh, that's how he makes these movies. So. Yes. <laughs> Br- Brian Tyree Henry is portraying mm-hmm. Fastos, mm-hmm. and his character will be the first ever gay Marvel Cinematic Universe superhero with an on-screen love interest. But that's not all, because the couple will also have Children. a family of their own with one yes. child. There you go. It's evidently. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, so evidently has Sliman. Will be the uh, will be Fastos's husband. Ah, so it's a multiracial couple. I, I don't know these actors, so yeah, uh, is it? Yeah, that's okay. them. Okay, that them. Got mm-hmm. it. All right, I don't know them, but there you go. That's that's the couple. And wow, they're really hitting that intersectionality bingo right there. Yes, this is what Feige uh, and Feige, you know. Of course, wants to you know say, look at me, look how awesome I am. Pat, pat, pat on they the back. They are really trying to make the Eternals something people want to see. Yes, yes, yes. I mean, first of all, that cast. Yes. Stacked. Yes. That's a lot of people that people at least vaguely know. Oh no, that's a lot of big name actors. Yeah. I would say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. More, and, more so than any other Marvel movie. Yes, and then this and. Yes. I don't know that that screams desperation to me. Like they are nervous about about this movie. <laughs> possible. It's it's very possible. Which begs the question. It's very possible. Why did you make it if you well, were if you didn't think it could sell? Right. But, That's not the only first because not only being the first gay couple mm-hmm. on TV, first gay superhero, yeah, with a family, also first gay kiss. Yeah. But Stephen, mm-hmm. uh, Stephen, you had the best reaction to this when I sent you this article. You were like, "What did you say?" How are they going to film this so they can? <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, so they can release it in China. Right. Oh, right. Feige must have deployed the coronavirus so they won't see it. <laughs> oh, no. Because they did that in Star Wars. They edited out the... Oh, me- yeah. Remember the, 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 the kiss? Two, the two yeah. lesbians kissing in, in the Star Wars movie, and they edited that out. Mm-hmm. Um, I think... It helps that it was only like two seconds. <laughs> it, it, it was... Look, put a, Abrams put, put it exactly, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Abrams put it where they can edit out, and that's the other thing. Yeah. These these companies pat themselves on the back for mm-hmm. how progressive they are, and then they kowtow to censorship in China for yep. the money. So you know what? You're not really progressive. No. You don't really care mm-hmm. at all. You mm-hmm. trumpet in America because you think that's what'll make me money, yeah. and then you get rid of it in China because that's what'll get me money. Yep. So it's all just done for money. Oh yeah. Well, that was period. That was the that was the reasoning behind why Tilda Swinton is the ancient one and not a Tibetan actor because well we can't can't piss off China right and we can't cast a Chinese actress as a Tibetan character because that would be awful piss off as China well. too right. yeah so right. it's so you know these companies they're not doing anything such bravery uh, 
Yeah, such bravery. Amazing such, bravery. Yeah, their bravery is on full display when they when they censor their stuff in China, mm-hmm. isn't it? Yeah, incredible. And they also backed it up because the the director is also Asian. Yes. So there you go. That's right. That's yeah, right. She's very talented. I I hope that she survives the the Disney grinder. Oh God, <laughs> I know, right? Uh, also, news, boy, Stephen. Oh boy. Oh. Evidently, there are rumors. <laughs> there is buzz. The Mandalorian has been very successful on the Dis- on Disney Plus, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's so successful, what does that mean? There's a chance we might indeed get mandatory a Mandalorian prequel movie. A mandatory Mandalorian. Yes. Movie. Yes. Oh my. <laughs> right. And uh, so yeah, it would be a theatrical release, of course. Mm-hmm. Yes. There you go. Is that what is that what this is? Is crank I, stuff out so we could possibly crank it into a movie that will I, make us more obvious money? I guess. Wow. I guess. I know. Sad. I know. <laughs> uh, also from Disney Plus, evidently Marvel Studios, Stephen is about to fire up two more Disney Plus shows. One of them, great, starring the agents of atlas not the version that you and i love the cool funky offbeat version but the very boring predictable version that uh we currently are getting yeah over in marvel the one that stars jimmy woo uh shang chi arrow brawn and silk and a few other bunch of other ones that i don't don't yeah a few other characters anyhow that that Agents of Atlas is what you're going to get. Honestly, if you were going to give me the weird, offbeat, funky Agents of Atlas mm-hmm. team that we got from uh, Jeff Parker, Jeff Parker, and yeah. set it in the '60s, and let and hired an indie director to really go all in, kind of like the WandaVision mm-hmm. series, and make something really funky and crazy like that, yep. I would be all in. I would be all in, and I think you would get something pretty (laughs) damn spectacular. What they're planning here just sounds very boring and generic, like your typical generic Marvel Studios story. Yeah, well, it's... I'm I'm not holding my breath about WandaVision being anything too spectacular. But, um... Yeah, that would have been... Well, after The Man from U.N.C.L.E., that would have been been a good one for Guy Ritchie to do. Yep. Because, I mean, it's not a great movie, but he definitely had the aesthetic down. Yep. So, so I think that'd have been uh, a much more interesting and different take. Yeah. So, but we but we're not in the business of doing that. No, I think this is this sounds like it's just going to be more of the same. Yep. And the second show, Stephen, is going to be based on Secret Invasion. I thought they were setting that up for the movies. Oh, Stephen, synergy. Oh God. It's suggested that the plan is to use the Disney Plus, the Disney Plus show, uh, based on Secret Invasion, to lead directly into Captain Marvel two. So watch the Disney Plus show, and then go watch the movie. And if you skip the Disney Plus show, you might be confused when you see the movie. Here's why your homework they, why assignment, Why do they Steven. think that this is a good idea? <laughs> it's That's not. terrible. It's, it's going to be like homework soon, I'm telling you. Yep. <laughs> uh, uh, the Miss Marvel Disney Plus show mm-hmm. has announced that they will introduce another Inhuman character. Okay. There you go. The Inhuman Cameron. Mm-hmm. I don't know who that is. Me neither. And uh, also, are they are they using the the Inhumans from the TV show? I no 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 no. Cameron. <laughs> the reason why you don't know Cameron, he's an Inhuman that was first introduced in Miss Marvel Volume Three, Number Thirteen. Yes, Miss oh, Marvel. Stephen. Miss Marvel's been around for like four years. He's already on Volume Three. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. Anyhow, so no, I'm sorry. Red Dagger made his appearance in Miss Marvel Volume 
for number 12. Seriously, this is a character get a new volume every it's a year? volume every year, yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay. Oh, wow. Anyhow, that's the news on that. We shall see. Uh, there is also possibility, Stephen, of a Lando-focused, a Lando-Calrissian-focused Disney Plus show. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that idea? Um, it it depends on when on when they're setting it because I don't really Young want him to have from... any uh, any I don't I don't want to have any contact with anybody from Star Wars. Just <laughs> do, don't do that anymore. Do something right. interesting, right? And don't have that robot. Oh God! Oh, please, oh <laughs> Lord in heaven! Please don't have that robot. Um, also from Disney Plus, Stephen Mighty Ducks. Yes. Now, Stephen, yes. I love the Mighty Ducks movie. Yes. Did you like it? Uh, Come on. Well, yeah, when I was when like I was a kid, of course yes. I did. With Emilio Estevez. Yes. As the <laughs> as the coach of this downtrodden team. When I first saw his news, Stephen, I was like, hell yeah, uh, Mighty Ducks, bring it on. Yes. It, are they are they dragging it, him out of wherever he's at to? So, <laughs> yes, in fact, Emilio Estevez will return in the role of Gordon Bombay. He will. Mm-hmm. But then all my hopes and dreams fell into a shattered pool of misery because this is Disney. Yes. The Mighty Ducks, Stephen, will be the villains. Really? What? The Mighty Ducks have evolved from, a scrappy, from scrappy underdogs to an ultra-competitive powerhouse youth hockey team. What? 12-year-old Evan is unceremoniously cut from the Ducks, and he and his mom, Alex, set out to build their own ragtag team of misfits to challenge the cutthroat, win-at-all-costs culture of competitive youth sports. So we've taken the lovable ragtag team of the Mighty Ducks and their lovable coach, their lovable coach, Gordon Bombay, and turned him and the team into villains. And of course, the new Mighty Ducks is coached by, well, it's Disney, Steven, so you you have to replace Gordon's character with a white female. (laughs) Because, again, Steven, it's Disney. It's what they do. So, (laughs) this sucks. You don't turn the Mighty Ducks into, you don't turn the Mighty Ducks and Gordon Bombay into the villains? What? 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 So you tell me, you just, and on top of it, you ruined the first Mighty Ducks movie. Because it was like, Gordon Bombay coaching these scrappy underdogs, and they finally went to find out they tra- they turned the bad guys. Mm-hmm. It j- oh, come on! Well, Rock, this you, sucks. You either die a hero or you live or- long enough to see yourself <laughs> become the villain. So we're exercising a a, a competitor studio's movies philosophy here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this sounds awful. I don't yeah, want to see this. Does. What do you think about that? Uh, no. Is it, is it going to be on Disney Plus? It will be Disney Plus show. There you go. It will is... not be a theatrical release. Of course. Well, we'll uh, yeah. Well, we'll <laughs> I wouldn't think so. Exactly. Uh, I wonder if Alan Horn sits at his desk and looks at these and says, wow, I used to make good movies, didn't I? <laughs> one, one day. I know. Yeah. Uh, outside, uh, the, other, the other news outside of, of, of Disney, Steven, yes. Kevin Smith's Master of the Universe for Netflix. That's right. Did you see the voice cast? We now are going to have Kevin Conroy yep. on. We're going to mm-hmm. have Lena Headley. Mm-hmm. We're going to have Sarah Michelle Geller, <laughs> And best of all, 
Mark, Mark Hamill. Hamill. Mark Hamill will be Skeletor. <laughs> what? That is awesome. Uh, we've got Lena Headley will be Evil Lynn. Mm. Love it. Uh, Kevin Conroy, Merman. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> and Cher Michelle Geller will be Tila. That yeah. just is awesome, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I just wow! <laughs> I am so excited for this for this He Man anime. Yeah, I, I really am, Stephen. I, I grew up with He Man. I love the old cartoon, as cheesy as it was. It's <laughs> I, I it embraces its cheesiness. It's fantastic. Oh, yeah. I'm super excited about. I think Kevin Smith will do a good job and and honor He Man with I this anime. So I really do. I'm yeah. and this is a hell of a voice cast, Stephen. A hell mm-hmm. of a voice cast. So Netflix has been doing a good job with a lot of their Netflix original animation. Yes, they have. So I expect more of the same. Yeah. Um, Steven, DC, Mm -hmm. Warner Brothers, Mm -hmm. Shazam 2, and Black Adam will film simultaneously this summer. Hmm. Boom and boom. I'm excited for both those movies. Yes. I I have high (laughs) hopes for both of them. And supposedly they will then intersect in Shazam 3. That's right. that's the rumor. That sounds good to me. I'm I'm all in on that. Yeah, me too. I've um well, I've been excited for Black Adam. Well, of course, since The Rock was announced, yeah, Black yeah. Adam. Yeah, but um for sure. I've heard the rumors that it's going to be him and certain members of the Justice Society Ooh, going at it. It's gonna be so and one good. of them is Hawkman. Oh, it's gonna so, be so good. Yeah. <laughs> Wait. Oh, it's gonna be so cool <laughs> to see the JSA on the big screen, isn't yes. it? Yes. God, it's gonna be awesome. Uh, okay, uh, so also DC, uh, DC uh, or Warner Brothers announced, you know, mm-hmm. they have that streaming service, that DC Universe streaming service that no one gets. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, they've announced a new show to get you excited, Stephen. So you, maybe you, maybe you will sign up for DC Universe. It's going to be DCU All-Star Games, a series in which celebrity DC fans come together to play a variety of tabletop games. Okay, well, um, when HBO Max inevitably takes all the other shows, <laughs> they can just leave that one. <laughs> the first season, Stephen, will feature WWE's Xavier Woods mm-hmm. headlining a group, including Vanessa Marshall and Claire Grant. I will admit right now, Stephen, mm-hmm. I know who Xavier Woods is because I'm a huge pro wrestling fan. Right. And uh, this is probably good use for him because the guy doesn't wrestle ever. Um, <laughs> that's not his strength. His strength is uh, is his personality. Right. And uh, I will admit right now, I have no idea who in the hell Vanessa Marshall or Claire Grant are. Yeah, I don't either. Okay, so there you go. They're big celebrities, though. (laughs) 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 That sounds awful. And and we wonder why DC Universe Streaming Service is dead in the water, because that's what they're doing. Mm -hmm. Anyhow, before we hop into the comic news, which is huge, Stephen, I want you to know that you need to fly to London this summer. Really? Yes. You know why? Why is that? Not to see Big Ben. Not to see the Queen of England and have tea with her. Well, no. No. Not to voice my opinion on Brexit. <laughs> not to voice your opinion on Brexit. It's because a Batman-themed immersive restaurant is opening in London this summer. Oh, really? How about that? Hmm. A fully immersive Batman-centric restaurant. The basement venue will house five restaurants and three bars, including British Fair, Penny's... Pennyworths, yeah. international themed The Penguin's Iceberg, and a speakeasy called Old Gotham City, yeah. with each space centered on various parts of Batman's life. What do you think? It's pretty interesting. Isn't it that cool? It seems like it's going to be, like, this is the, 
the next evolution yes. of making money off of these properties. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. And the uh, of course, Stephen, things don't come cheap now. Yeah. So if you want to dine at this establishment, Stephen, well, you can expect to spend between sixty to one hundred sixty dollars. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. All right. Let's go over. Let's talk about comic news now, Stephen, because we got some serious things to talk about. Okay. DC Comics, really. Marvel doesn't honestly have a lot going on mm-hmm. right now. You know, they did. Marvel did release a little more information on the Marvels, the new title coming out by Kurt Busiek and um, Yildry Sinar. Yeah. Uh, uh, and Alex and Ross. Alex Ross. Yeah. They did come out with a little more information saying that this is going to be a pretty big event story that is uh, sweeping in scope that will use the entire Marvel Universe. And we're going to see uh, basically they're going to get, you know, Busick and Ross have the green light to use whoever they want throughout Marvel's history. Mm-hmm. Okay. And he said, Busick said it's not going to be a team. It's going to be a concept or a universe, depending on how you look at it. Right. Mm-hmm. He's going to have a lot of old characters, but he's also going to bring in some new characters. The first issue will introduce you three new characters. Hmm. All right. And he says that it's going to range from street level to the cosmic. Mm-hmm. I, I, I remain, I remain intrigued right. by this because this is a very talented creative team mm-hmm. who have done good work oh, yeah. for Marvel in the past. Mm-hmm. So I remain I remain very excited for this. Yeah, me too. Mm. Now, the other big event coming up, Stephen, mm-hmm. for Marvel, Empire. Yes. Some news on Empire, my friend. Okay. Evidently, Empire number three. Mm-hmm. is going to bring back mm-hmm. a long-lost Avenger. Based on the cover of Empire number three, mm-hmm. it appears that long-lost Avenger might be none other than Captain Mar-Vell. <sighs> yes, sir. That's the rumor. That's the rumor. Doesn't why do they keep killing him and bringing him back? <laughs> well, they've never brought him back. They, they brought. They remember he was a skull. It was a scroll. They keep teasing. They keep teasing because they're dicks. Because they know people <laughs> like me. People like me have been yeah. begging for Marvel to return because he is a friggin' awesome character. Mm-hmm. If you don't believe me, just read some of Jim Starlin's work right. on Captain Marvel, and it absolutely. Steven, I can say unequivocally, mm-hmm. bitch slaps anything Marvel has done oh, yeah. on a Captain Absolutely. Marvel title in the past 10 well, years. Well, and almost <laughs> anything. Yeah. I mean, yes. to be honest. It's Jim Starlin. He's fantastic. Yes. Uh, Marvel's a great character. They do it because they know people like me, Steven, mm-hmm. will get all excited, run out and buy whatever title it is, and then yeah. get disappointed. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's a way to gin up sales because they know there's an audience. Waiting for that character to return. <laughs> Steven, if this is really the return of Marvel, I will like Empire just for that alone. Just for that alone. Also, Steven, we've got some more news on Empire. Evidently, Empire Steven's gonna have a bunch of tie-in issues. I know this shocks you. It um, shocks you, does it not? Oh, the the humanity. Yes. I couldn't possibly. We're gonna get a bunch of mini-series that are gonna come out alongside Empire. One of them is going to be Empire Colon. Captain America. Okay. In this, we're gonna. It's gonna be written by Philip Kennedy, 
Johnson, an artist by Ariel Olivetti. Mm-hmm. And it's going to feature Captain America fighting alongside the U.S. military and everyday civilians to stop an alien invasion. Okay. So it's bringing America back to his roots and having him getting down in the muck, in the dirt, in the blood and fighting alongside just ordinary soldiers. There you go. Okay. There right. you go, my friend. Evidently, we're going to get several of these kind of miniseries giving you different aspects of the big event. Hmm. Well, that's not the worst idea. No, it's not. I actually like the idea of Captain uh, yeah. Captain America being mm-hmm. in kind of like a classic war. Yeah, a war story. scenario. Yeah. You know, it's kind of because you don't see him in that anymore, really. No. And, that's, <laughs> and that's his roots. Yeah. Okay. Also, news out of Empire, Stephen. After the end of Empire, mm-hmm. okay. That's we're already talking about the end of it. Yes. After the end of Empire, you are going to get. Mm-hmm. A new Squadron Supreme. Yes, indeed, my friend. Yes. Didn't we just get... It's going to be a two-issue series. Okay. And uh, it's it's going to come out... I think it's going to come out actually during Empire. Okay. Okay? Mm -hmm. During Empire, two-issue series written by Mark Wade. Okay. And it's going to basically be what we've been getting over in Avengers. Hyperion, Princess pa- uh, Power Princess, Doctor Spectrum, Blur, and Nighthawk, run by Phil Coulson. Right. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So I tell you, uh, Wade is is a shell of the man he used to be. He mm-hmm. used to be a stellar writer, but you know he's he's an older guy now. And like we've always talked about, writers have a certain amount of words in them. Yep. And I'm afraid Mark has probably uh, has passed that mm-hmm. amount of words he has in him. Mm-hmm. But I love this version of Squadron Supreme. Mm-hmm. So I will probably check it out. Yeah, yeah, we'll see what happens. You're like, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, it's it's one of those it could work, right? But you don't know. You don't know. <laughs> True. Also, during Empire, Stephen, you're going to get another new comic mm-hmm. that's going to take place during Empire, mm-hmm. spinning out of the events of Empire, <laughs> called The Union, written by Paul Grist and illustrated by Andrea DeVito. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be a team of UK-based Marvel superheroes. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's going to be led by Union Jack. Okay. And it's a bunch of characters I don't recognize, Stephen. I guess they're all new. There's a big dude in a hood, a woman with a Richard Lionheart shield, and a pink-haired woman, and then <laughs> a dude or a woman with short green hair. Yeah, I don't know sure. who who. Oh, I know you. Why not Captain Britain? Where is where is Brian Braddock? Not there. Yes. Not welcome. Uh, okay. There you go. Sound exciting? Well, you know we'll review it. Uh, <laughs> Stephen just rolls his eyes. Um, uh, oh my. Uh, Marvel also Stephen teased the return. You know, the X Factor is getting relaunched because we need more X titles. Right. 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 Of course. Right. So. Uh, the dawn of X era, Stephen, meaning basically, hey, uh, Mama Disney owns uh, the yeah, X Men again X-Men from Fox, again. so we can yep. now we can now publish <laughs> comics. <laughs> yes, the X Factor, Stephen, is going to be written by uh, uh, Leah Williams. Mm-hmm. Okay, and uh, David Baldion is going to do the art. Well, Baldion has designed new costumes for us, Stephen, for mm-hmm. this version. Of X Factor. All right. Right. We have 
uh, Rachel Summers, mm-hmm. all in a 1980s-looking red costume. That looks horrible. That looks <laughs> like she's wearing MC Hammer pants and has like a red head. That just oh and like God. red. This is like red uh, Nike high top space sneakers from the 80s. It looks it's like what red versions of the sneakers that Napoleon Dynamite wears in his there movie. There you go. And then this guy, Steven, you might not know who that is, but I'll tell you, that is <gasps> Dakin. Really? Yes. He looks jacked. How did he get so tall? He looks tall and jacked. Yeah. More importantly, why is that character still alive? I thought <laughs> we killed him off. Why the hell is he back, Steven? Why? <laughs> Who asked for? Whoever asked for Dakin to be brought back to life. They need to be taken out back and smacked. Well, it's a possible person they can make a series out of. Of uh, course, they brought him back. All right, next character—that's North Star. Yep, that's actually not a bad costume design. No, not that's really. got to be Aurora, mm-hmm. because uh, you can't have North Star without Aurora. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't mind that. This costume designs look okay. Sure. This here in the green is—that's uh, Polaris. Uh, Polaris. Yep, yeah. and that's. It's okay. It's It's fine. It's fine. It's not offensive. And then that dude is Prodigy. Prodigy. Yeah. He's always rocking the yellow. Yeah. I'm not really crazy about that costume. (laughs) And then last but not least, that dude right there, like he just escaped the 90s. Yeah. That is Eye Boy. Yeah, I'm just going to leave it right there, Steven. Just going to leave that right there and move on. Why didn't they give him the shiny white apple? (laughs) <laughs> Apple costume. <sighs> okay, so uh, Let's get some some marketing in here, you know. Yeah. Let's get some um, uh, what is it? Product placement. <laughs> yes, yes. All right, Stephen. That that I don't know. I don't know about this X Factor reboot. I don't. I don't know. Was Peter David busy or something? Here's the thing. He's been writing it. He wrote it for like twenty years, right? The, right. Like, it, come on. It, 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 <laughs> I, I gotta say that when you do an X Factor, I mean, I know you can't always go home again, but. Jamie Madrox, mm-hmm. Lila Miller, Richter, Richter, Wolvesbane, strong guy, strong guy. Yeah, I, you just—if you're gonna do X Factor, then mm-hmm. do X Factor. X Factor. Yeah, do X Factor. Okay, mm-hmm. it's like doing X Men without the classic, without you know Wolverine and Nightcrawler Cyclops, and Storm yeah. and Cyclops and Jean Grey. You just, if you're going to do X-Factor, do mm-hmm. X-Factor. Do it right. This cast looks like it's just... It's, they just threw some people together. Well, it, it's, it's, like, it's, it's like you know team designed by Boggle. You're just <laughs> shaking it up, and well, those are the characters that randomly came out, put them yeah. together. That's disappointing. When I first heard X-Factor was coming back, I was all excited because mm-hmm. I thought we were going to get X-Factor. Yeah. Which was a, just an awesome group, an awesome cast of characters. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Not so much, Stephen. No, Anyhow. I don't. None of them are from the original X Factor, right? No. Hmm. That's nope. Very. That's just weird. Yep. I don't know why they wouldn't. <laughs> I, it just makes sense, doesn't it? It's that they're not using them anywhere I, else. I, they're not. So, all right, over in DC, Stephen. Yes. The big news of DC. There's really two big things to talk about in DC, and everything sure. else pales in comparison. Mm-hmm. The first one is Dark Knight's Death Metal. Metal. Oh, I love, (laughs) love, 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 love that title, Stephen. Yeah. So Death Metal. Mm -hmm. uh, We're going to be getting, it's it's by Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo. Of course. And it's going to come out. It's a six-issue miniseries that will start May 13. Mm. Okay. 
It's going to also include several, of course, you know, it's a big event, Steven. So you got to have several Metal Verse one shots. Yeah. You know how it is, right? Mm-hmm. Come on. Anyhow, the gist of it is this, Steven. Mm-hmm. It spins out of the events of Scott Snyder's Justice League run in the Year of the Villain. Mm-hmm. Hell Arisen by James Tinney and the Fourth. Yes. Earth has been consumed by the dark multiverse energy. Uh, it's been conquered by Batman Who Laughs and his evil lieutenants. Mm-hmm. Corrupted versions of Shazam, Donna Troy, Supergirl, Blue Beetle, Hawkman, and Commissioner Gordon. Some heroes like Wonder Woman and The Flash have made compromises as they negotiate to keep humanity alive in this hellborn landscape. Others like Batman are part of an underground resistance looking to take back control of their world. Superman is imprisoned, cursed to literally power Earth's sun for eternity. But a mysterious figure provides Wonder Woman with vital information she might be able to use to rally Earth's remaining heroes to resist the Batman who laughs. Can the Justice League break away from the dark multiverse and defeat Perpetua? Find out. So, Stephen, what do you think about that synopsis? And on top of it, Wonder Woman, they've said, will be the star of this big event, Mm -hmm. which is unusual as... 99.999% of all big events in DC (laughs) will be headlined by either Batman or Superman or Batman (laughs) or Batman or Superman or Superman. (laughs) (laughs) This one's Wonder Woman. Now, the cynic goes, well, of course, yes, in uh, our post Me Too girl power day, of course, they're going to pander by putting Wonder Woman out there in front, even though she's clearly by far and away the least popular of the three and well, for certain neither she nor Superman come close to selling what Batman sells right but she doesn't even sell what Superman sells or 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 the optimist might say <laughs> well you know what maybe it's time that Wonder Woman finally mm-hmm. despite being the clear least popular of the big three mm-hmm. and the least selling of the big three Time that she finally gets a big event where she's the main character. Mm-hmm. Shake things up a little bit. It mm-hmm. can't always be Batman. <laughs> right? So there's, there's the cynical view and mm-hmm. the optimist view. Yes. I submit it to you. Yeah, I mean, I think what's going to sell is is the name because people recognize yes. metal and yes. Dark Knights and then yes. death metal. And yep. I mean, just the way that she looks and that art, I mean, that's... Yep. That's a cool looking Wonder Woman. Yes. She's, she's the got, queen of hell. Yep. And she's got that uh that, that weird chainsaw looking Powered thing that has the, 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 lasso. the lasso truth. That's so cool. Yes. I'm sorry. Like yes. that looks awesome. Indeed. And I am taking the optimist view. You'll on go optimist view? I'm with you. I will take the optimist view as well. Trying yes. to I think they're just trying to do something different. Yeah. I mean, how many times can literally every big event cannot yeah, be, be centered around Batman. Batman. Yeah. And sometimes Superman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I mean, just, about just, Batman with Superman being the thing that comes in at the end and right, saves the day. Right. Yeah. It just can't be that all the time. No. So I kind of like that they're shaking it up and, and letting mm-hmm. Wonder Woman uh, uh, be the main yeah. focus. Sounds like event. Flash has a has a substantial yes. part as well. Exactly. So I like that. Yeah, me too. I'll go optimist as well with this story. Yes. I'm going to go a, optimist. And you look at the creative team, there's no reason not to be optimistic. I completely agree. Just saying. Completely agree. Also... Evidently, Stephen, mm-hmm. that uh, death metal will death metal will also bring Doomsday Clock into DC canon. Mm-hmm. Not really a surprise. It's no. about time that that's been. I mean, we know it's part of. 
yes. DC continuity because it references other things going mm-hmm. on in the DC world, but it's about time that it's actually fully brought into the DC canon. So yeah. I like that Scott Snyder said that it's it doesn't just connect to Justice League, it's also going to connect to Doomsday Clock as well. Mm-hmm. Some of the stuff that Bendis is doing with Superman and Event Leviath- Leviathan is going to connect to some of the stuff that Grant Morrison did yeah. and some of the old stories. Woo-woo! Yeah. With all the crises. <laughs> Hell Yeah. Uh, and, and it's not basically like if everything before this was a crisis, then this is an anti-crisis. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. Snyder said that the villains and those characters from Crisis on Infinite Earths will appear in this. Mm-hmm. And that death metal has to do with DC Universe Rebirth and why Rebirth came after New 52 and metal came after that and how Doomsday Clock affected the world. And all those things are built into this story. Mm. So I, Again, that is a tall order. That is a lot to fold into a story, Stephen. Yep. That is a lot to fold into a story. But if anyone can do it, yes. Scott Snyder can. He has mm-hmm. earned my trust with his phenomenal work on the first, on the original metal, mm-hmm. and on his work on Justice League. He has earned my complete trust. Yep. I. Th- this is very ambitious. Yes. Very ambitious. But I, I again remain positive. I think he can pull it off absolutely all right (laughs) and part of what made metal so much fun and even as justly run is how over the top everything is yeah oh yeah evidently steven it's going to be the same (laughs) as snyder said that while they were brainstorming for uh dark knight's death metal they thought of different versions of batman right all these evil batman (laughs) one he wanted to be an evil monster truck batmobile (laughs) Um, he goes, he goes, I was thinking of the evil monster truck Batmobile that eventually became sentient and then killed everybody mm-hmm. and became Batman of his world. And then he thought about, you know, the dinosaur that's in the Batcave, the robot dinosaur. Yep. What if Batman was about to die and he uploaded his consciousness into the mechanical dinosaur? Oh my God. And then it gets out of control and becomes <laughs> the evil Batman of the world. <laughs> this is what I'm hoping we get, Steven, because I, I think what made metal so much fun was how Snyder just cast all inhibitions to us to the side mm-hmm. and just went crazy over the top because that's what comic books were all about. And honestly, I think Snyder uh, looks to Grant Morrison mm-hmm. for that inspiration because that's pretty much what Grant Morrison did with, um, with final crisis. Yes. You just cast everything to the side and go crazy big over the top. Mm-hmm. And it looks like he's following in Morrison's uh, footsteps. Yeah, and absolutely. And that's the magic of comics. You have no budget restraints, Stephen. Mm-hmm. You have no limits of, of what you can technologically do with your special effects. Yep. Go <laughs> That's what's insane. supposed to make them special. Thank you. You know? So I like that. I, I like this. I like this approach, and I, I just... The more I read, the more excited I am. Mm-hmm. Me too. All right. Now, what I'm not so excited about, Stephen? Sure. DC's generation. Mm-hmm. This is where I begin to get concerned because DC continually screws the pooch when it comes to messing with their timeline like a crazy person. Yeah. I mean, they're like an obsessive compulsive who washes their hands, uh, you know, 100 times until all the skin falls off their hand. It's nothing but fleshy and bone. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I mean, they they, Mm -hmm. they have a clinical problem. Yeah. It's it's not healthy. So generation, age of mystery, Stephen – Mm-hmm. are going to be a series of one-shots, evidently. Mm-hmm. Five prestige format one-shots that will go into detail on a specific age in the publisher's storied legacy. Mm-hmm. So, 
Generation One, Age of Mysteries, right? Mm-hmm. That will focus on uh, the Golden Age. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That'll be scripted by Andy Schmidt and art by Doug Mankey. Oh, okay. The art's good, then. And then you'll have Generation Two, Age of the Metahuman. Generation Three, Age of Crisis. Generation Four, Age of Rebirth. Generation Five, Age of Tomorrow. Uh, evidently, what we do know, Generation 1, Age of Mysteries, which mm-hmm. is coming out on May 27th, okay, mm-hmm. that is going to take a classic Justice Society member and turn them into the greatest villain of the Golden Age. I don't like that. Mm. Not a fan. Not a fan of that. That doesn't excite me, Stephen. That kind of retconning doesn't excite me. And the other, the other bit of retconning that we we've kind of got from Wonder Woman seven fifty already mm-hmm. is that DC is officially going to make Wonder Woman the first superhero, not Superman. And again, the cynic can say, "Well, in the post Me Too girl power." <laughs> Fashion trend, we got to do that switch. The optimist can say, well, Wonder Woman's an Amazon. She's been around since, like, you know, ancient Greece. Doesn't it kind of make more sense that she would be the first instead of Superman? Yeah. That's the optimist. Again, uh, me, I think, even though I'm not, I like Wonder Woman more than Superman. (laughs) Okay. So, uh because I'm not a fan of Superman, never have been, but I like Wonder Woman more. Even having said that, I still submit that Superman simply always has to be the first superhero in the DCU. He is still the keystone of the DCU. Mm-hmm. Superman is the alpha and the omega of mm-hmm. the DCU. And I'm submitting all that to you as a person who's not really a fan of the franchise. Okay, so mm-hmm. it's not like I have uh, I'm biased. I'm not like I'm pulling for my guy. Otherwise, I'd be pulling for Wonder Woman. <laughs> okay, but even I have to admit that. Mm-hmm. So, what do you think? Well, for your goddamn right, you gotta admit that. <laughs> um, I mean, I don't know. I mean, the fact that they're still they're doing the Justice Society, it kind of it kind of overwrites the him being the first superhero anyway, because if yes. there was people before him, then, I mean, they did that in Doomsday Clock with the, the constant continuity yes. changes yes. and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but... But you always had Cal L. Not Cal E-L, Cal just L, who was the I Golden Age was, Superman. I thought he was the Earth 2 Superman, though. Well, he was the original Golden Age Superman. Right. They turned Golden Age Superman into him. Oh, right. so they're doing that? Well, he's not... Maybe... Kal still gonna. I think he's still gonna be around, but he will no longer be the first superhero. It'll oh, be Wonder Woman as the first superhero. Okay. She serves as the the inspiration, the inspiration to kick for off the yes. Just Society. Correct. Um, I mean, it it does make logical sense. Mm-hmm. And I mean, they've 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 had the precedent of having a Wonder Woman, mm-hmm. so it's mm-hmm. either her or her mother. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that doesn't bother me per se. Mm -hmm. I do think that, um, I do think when it comes to DC, and they've reinforced this time and time again at all 
it all begins and ends with Superman always. Mm-hmm. He's always the first one. He's usually always the last one around if they do like apocalypse stories at like at the end of time or whatnot. So I think he is I think if they're when they do the Age of the Metahuman one, I assume that one will be about him. Mm-hmm. He's the he kicks mm-hmm. off the modern age of the superheroes. I agree. Um, so we'll we'll see. Um, uh, the, who's first is far from my only concern with this event. Yes, so we, I I totally <laughs> agree with you. That is by far and away the least of my concerns when it comes to this big event. Yes, I'm more concerned about Generation Five: Age of Tomorrow. Yeah. I am concerned that DC is about to uh, tell Marvel, "Hold my beer." Yeah, as they outdumb themselves once again, mm-hmm. and. It's like you guys literally screwed the pooch and nearly killed your company with a new 52. Right. And, it, Stephen, that wasn't that long mm-hmm. ago. I mean, right. it wasn't that long ago. Nope. <laughs> okay. So you you guys nearly killed your company with a new 52. Mm-hmm. And then after that, you watched Marvel nearly sink their company with the all-new, all-different fiasco. Right. That was an unmitigated failure. Mm-hmm. And I'm afraid they're about to go that same route. Yeah. That's a concern. It is. And I uh, don't know how many times DC can come back from the dead. They're lucky they came, they brought, they're lucky people like me came back after the New 52. Yeah. Debacle. Mm-hmm. You do basically the same thing again mm-hmm. with the uh, Generation 5. Yeah. Uh, you may lose all these readers Again, yeah, but this time they may not come back. Mm-hmm. It this does happen. Yeah, I does. mean, I will point to the, in the sports world. I will point to um, oh, I don't know. The nearest pro team to us is the Washington Redskins. Mm-hmm. They used to be massively popular. Yeah, massively popular with a waiting list of like thirty years. <laughs> Had the NFL record for the most consecutive sellouts. Mm-hmm. There was no more loyal or rabid fan base in the entire NFL. It was insane. Mm-hmm. And then Dan Snyder bought the team. And then he drove him into the ground, and you people left and went away, right? Yep. But when he hired Joe Gibbs second time, they made the playoffs a couple of years, people came back. Yep. And then Joe Gibbs retired, and he drove the team even farther into the ground, and people have left. And guess what? They haven't come back. No. They have record lows in TV ratings, mm-hmm. record lows in attendance, mm-hmm. record lows in merchandise. Eventually, Stephen, you can get people to come back once. But it's hard to get them to come back a second or third time. Yeah. What do you think? And that's my concern. If they go down this road again, people like me may just leave yeah. and may not come back again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm. I'm not. I'm not excited about that prospect. I mean, they have. Um, I mean. Th- They've tried it the New 52 way. They've tried it the New Age of Heroes way. they tried it the Wonder Comics way, and they've all failed. Yeah. Absolute truths. I mean, you look at the sales numbers. They, yeah. They all have failed. It's... And you and I even loved the New Age of Heroes. Mm-hmm. Now, we didn't like New 52. <laughs> no. We didn't like New 52. But no. in our defense, Stephen, very few no, people nobody like did. <laughs> Nobody yeah. really liked the New 52. <laughs> okay. I mean... Yes. But, but you and I... Mm-hmm. Totally trumpeted the New Age of Heroes. Yeah, absolutely. And it failed. Yeah. Now, Wonder Comics, you and I haven't trumpeted <laughs> right. so much. Okay, yes. fair point. And it has failed. Yeah, it's failed. So, it's... to your point, yes, they've tried three different times, mm-hmm. three different failures. 
Right. Um, I am not sure why they're continuing to do this in the same way. I hope that it's another attempt at a new Age of Heroes type thing mm-hmm. where it's heroes that come out of an event mm-hmm. and they are just in the universe. Mm-hmm. I hope, but I don't get that feeling. Mm-hmm. So I am very nervous about it mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I mean, it's 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 a concern. Mm-hmm. It's a real concern because DC has always been my... I, I've always read DC and Marvel mm-hmm. equally throughout the years. Yeah. But if you forced me, absolutely forced me, and said you can only ever read one or the other ever again, you I mean I'm forced to pick. Yeah. I, I would pick DC. Mm-hmm. DC is always because there are just a few franchises that just have meant more to me have been in the DCU, and I've always been more fascinated with the DC continuity mm-hmm. than Marvel's continuity. Marvel's continuity is never it's just been it's not as deep and as complex and as immersive as the DCU continuity, Definitely in my opinion. Not. Yeah. Oh, I, I think they would even admit that to you. It's like, right. no, we're not really into that kind of right. thing. Yeah. They're not into the mythology. No. Like DC is. Definitely not. So I've always been more fascinated with the DC, DC comics. So it has always been my favorite. My favorite company has mm-hmm. been DC. Okay. Yeah. Um, so it would, it would suck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it would definitely suck. It's uh, because Marvel has decided to settle for um, mostly mediocrity. Yes. Um, uh, I'm, I'm guessing not trying any stunts like that ever again, but not really rising above just eh. Yeah. But it's like... I think that's like, the lesson they learned from All New, All Different. I guess so. Be mediocre. Yeah, just don't, just don't try anything. And they're being run by right. uh, Mr. Tapioca himself, Kevin Feige. Yeah. So... Exactly. I I really don't know. It's it's like DC... I get that, you know, they put out more, more comics, so they technically win every time, but well, you don't need to keep making these big swings. Right. right. Because... Sometimes making a big going for the fences doesn't yep. always work. No, sometimes nope. it's okay to just rein it in, do what we know. A stand we're up double at. is good sometimes. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's like don't. Ugh. It's not. I'm so. I'm. I'm concerned. Very concerned. Uh, connected to this news of yes. uh, generation series, mm-hmm. Gary. Uh, uh, Gary Frank Stephen has teased mm-hmm. his. Newest secret project, and it has to do with Wonder Woman and the JSA. Hmm. He teased a shot of a Wonder Woman's boots and some JSA members around her as who loves the classics? Question mark. So this could play into the Wonder Woman 750 that you and I reviewed where you mm-hmm. saw uh, Wonder Woman Diana as the first DC superhero, mm-hmm. right? Springing into action to save President Franklin Delano Roosevelt's life in the 1939 World's Fair and inspiring Alan Scott to become the first Green Lantern. Mm-hmm. So, and you got Generation Zero being released, right? Mm-hmm. So this probably plays into that. I'm guessing maybe fleshes it out a little bit more. Probably, yeah. Is Gary Frank, I will buy it. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I will buy it. That's it's the, Wonder Woman, it's JSA, it's Gary Frank. I yes, I'm yes, yes, and yes. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the last bit of news, Stephen, for DC, this will shock you. Mm-hmm. Supergirl is being canceled with issue number 42. That is a surprise. <laughs> the title that won't die. <laughs> it finally, finally died. <laughs> the, my takeaway from this, Stephen, is proof. 
that there is no yeah. connection, correlation, relationship, anything between the world of comics and the world of TV and movies. Right. The Supergirl TV show on the CW, though not targeted to me or to you, mm-hmm. is popular. Yeah. The comic can't sell to save its life. Yeah. <laughs> DC and Marvel need at some point to realize you're dealing with two entirely different audiences and you need to tailor your product accordingly mm-hmm. to the two entirely different audiences. And I feel like they haven't figured that out yet. Right. <laughs> but that's just, uh, to me, that was my takeaway. Yeah. Two different audiences. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, of course. Yep. Well, it should be, I mean, they're not going to stop chasing it. So I know. All right, my friend, that's the news. Mm-hmm. There's a lot going on. More from DC than Marvel, honestly. I know Empire's mm-hmm. coming out in the summer and, you know, big event, blah, blah, blah. But it, it's getting overshadowed by yeah. death metal, I, I think, at least. Mm-hmm. I think death metal is overshadowing Empire. Yeah. I think there's a lot more buzz and interest for death metal than Empire. Mm-hmm. Again, that's just my impression. I could be totally wrong. Yep. Empire might sell better. I don't know. Okay. I, I get the, vi- I get I the feeling. So. <laughs> <laughs> I get the feeling that, that death metal is the bigger talking point. Mm-hmm. And I think the whole generations thing, I think there's a lot of there's a lot of buzz, positive and minus, I think, yeah. online about that one as well, more than Empire. So I think right now DC's going into the summer as the the hotter, uh, more talked about product I would than agree. Marvel. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So who knows? <laughs> Fingers crossed, even. Yeah. All right, my friend. Definitely. <laughs> Until next time, viva la revolucion. <laughs>